Welcome to The Prosperity Practice. The Prosperity Practice. Our personal take on what it takes. Push, challenge, light the fire. Do not chase prosperity. Rather, be prosperous. Prosperous. Welcome to The Prosperity Practice with your host, Brandon Hanley. Looks like we made it. Let the Ready, Ready to, to go. go. <laughs> So much, so much, right? Like we haven't even gotten started yet. So much, so much. So let's just do it. Let's just jump into it a little bit, guys. Today I'm on with uh, Press Shaw, who is from Lifters. I am a lifter. Dot com. Um, a little bit about Paresh. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but you know, Paresh is a, he's got a Harvard MBA, he's a business professor, professor, and you know, comes from like this very, um, I'm just going to call it square background, right? Uh, but you know, um, you know, from you know, your your family's from India. You grew up uh, in the states. Uh, you had this very uh, traditional path. And at some point, you broke from this traditional business mentality only um, with, um, we'll call it linear space, right? Where everything's very linear and direct like and, into, and into this very uh, encompassing. And I think that you talk about it quite a bit, uh, you know, human way of, about going about things through um, being multidimensional, right? I mean, and that's really what you talk about is like being multidimensional. And I think that you said uh, one of the things that you mentioned that I keyed in on was being, uh, geez, humans are, where is this thing? I know you talk about intersection. Intersection um, beings? I know you talk about intersection beings, but you said something else and I, I jotted it down. I just, I, I, I took so many notes and just talking about you. I was very excited. Like I said, intersection beings was one, but like you're uh, being depth. You know, human human beings like being uh, very good at finding depth, right? And 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 when we come at life from a linear fashion, uh, we don't see the curves. We don't see around the curves. We don't see. Um, we can't see behind us. We don't look. Behind. Oftentimes, when we look behind us, we do it in a linear fashion, and we don't do it uh, in a spherical sense. That's a great way of putting it, Brandon. It's a great way. Yeah. In fact, I one of the words that came through. Then when we see things linearly, which has its place, um, we, we don't even see the ability to tesseract. Tesseracting, mm. uh, uh, you know, so even beyond the curved, curved right. concept um, is, is um, often fantastical. You're dreaming that such and such could happen in, you know, such a non-ordinary, non, non-logical sense. So, yeah, I think it's a nice way of saying it sort of the linear way of thinking, very logical, practical, um, versus that more rounded, spherical, or, or amorphous space even, uh, because amorphous is really a way we see it. Often the, when, when you have you know, a bunch of blobs that don't seem to have any shape or structure, um, upon deeper contemplation, patience, <laughs> wisdom, uh, there's a beauty in it that actually does emerge, that actually does have some order to it. Actually, has beautiful order. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, there's uh, there's been you know some research done. If you take a look at like chaos and like just diagrams, that it eventually creates a beautiful pattern, 
right? And so we're talking about all this, but you know, Perez brings uh, this background, and and he, uh, you, Perez, you align it with uh, this wisdom science. I think you're calling it. I love that you, you know, you're calling it wisdom science. Uh, you're taking your yoga practice, and this is, and I believe I'm sure you're taking, you know, some of your heritage and your your you're finding it a to be true, right? Like all these things I'm sure as you grew up, <laughs> like I did, you're like, well, that's, that's, that's uh woo woo. That's nonsensical. Uh, and, but you're finding it now to be true. And the beauty about where you are today in finding it to be true in your life and being able to bring it with that business background to the world, the science is proving it out now too. And how exciting is that to be able to that's present really that? Exciting. It's right? very exciting. Yeah. It's because, you know, a lot of us, on the sort of leading edge, cutting edge, woo-woo edge, uh, or curve, uh, sure. your, your way of seeing things. Um, often you feel you're like way out there on a limb, you know, speaking of some of these things that are esoteric or, you know, just um, don't fit within the sort of 3D matrix way of, 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 um, of being. And now it's really exciting. I mean, every day I get something on my Facebook that's like, Oh yeah, there's some science to back that up. So I'm not out there. So you know, great, right? Saying, <laughs> really, really, it works this way. Right, uh, right. Now you can point to some legitimate authority um, and say, yeah, in fact, you know, quantum entanglement is a thing. Right. So, or telepathy, by you know, conclusion can be a thing, and you know, right. things like that. So it, at least it, I feel better about some of the woo-woo stuff. Now, there's definitely woo-woo stuff when you're playing this game. Sure logical to amorphous where sometimes we go really woo woo and my kids you know always remind me of those moments when we were a little too woo woo and uh um you know well uh, you know give me an example of a too woo woo i'm just curious what's too woo woo of a too woo woo um then we'll just make that a little skit somewhere too too, that'd be a good (laughs) snl land shark too woo woo um, for instance, we went to Mount Shasta as a family, um, oh, gorgeous area earlier this year. Um, it's a, uh, you know, it's a vortex of, of very special energy. Um, there's, there's an amazing community there. And, um, I had been there before, uh, with a particular spiritual teacher and we had some really, um, woo-woo experiences uh, out there. Uh, so we went this time, and I was all excited. I was like, kids, this is a vortex, and you know, it's going to be cool, and there's these aliens that live in the mountain, and, right. you know, kind of and you know, going out there. And um, uh, so we hired a, a guide, and, um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of guides that you can, can hire. And I got the most woo-woo one that the Internet um, – you know, suggested to me and, um, while there was some, uh, truth to her sharing, mm-hmm. uh, she took us about, and while there was, um, definitely energy that we felt and definitely, um, uh, out of the ordinary experiences we had, uh, some of the things she channeled or mm-hmm. our kids and I were like, no, it, it, no, it was kind of like Maxwell Smart. It was okay. kind of like, so what I'm feeling from the spirit behind you, Brandon, is that your childhood was really one that was tumultuous. And, you know, it's kind of like, sure, sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, you, you get on my yes and, right? Uh, <laughs> so um, 
So on the yes and there. you like that. Uh, so one of the things uh, that this this podcast does right uh, in the prosperity practice is you know we take some of the you know historically known to be woo woo stuff and we focus really on you know being intentional and focusing on what you want out of life right and and believing that it's possible. Yeah. Right? How how absurd is that? But <laughs> how absurd is that? But the thing is, is that um, you know, I think that you know, the business world has always done this, right? By you create a plan, you get clarity, you create a picture, you're visioning, right? Like all these things is exactly what business has been doing, except for some people just don't think that way, right? And and that's where these woo woo people come in, like, no, you just gotta, you just gotta feel it, go feel good, and and everything will come with that and which is okay but there's got to be some middle line where everybody's talking the same language and i think that that's what you're bringing yeah it's really fun to be able to be at the intersection of these great worlds i mean i love business i'm a business geek it's my sport Mm -hmm. i love strategy and marketing and you know finding blue ocean that you can create new things in and then there's this other world um i think part of what might reconcile what you're speaking to is for instance um I had the honor of working with Michael Porter, who's, you know, probably, you know, the one of the gods of business strategy um, of, of the past, you know, 30, 40 years. And I worked in his firm and we did a lot of strategy for, our, you know, for our clients, with our clients. And um, I think what's different in these these two worlds, which are now merging, mm-hmm. uh, similar as you as you point out, is we would make a strategic plan. In the following way, we would, you know, create, um, you know, a, a vision, a mission, a purpose and say, well, this is where we want to be. And then we would um, kind of move from point A towards a goal in, you know, sort of incremental milestone um, uh, steps. Right. There was a lot of from here to there energy from where we are now to five-year plan, three-year plan. So there, the, the energetic aspect of it was we are here and we need to go to that destination, which is, um, you, know, you know, to be created, you know, to right. happen in the future. Right. And that's how our sort of logical, linear way of, of doing, you know, strategic planning and performance and stuff works, and that, and that makes sense. Um, what's, what's exciting about this metaphysical world is the similarity of that, yet what we you know, uh, find, what we teach, what we, what we you know, hear from truth, um, uh, wisdom, is take yourself there. Like mm-hmm. when we do the, lift, the, the lifter work, it's about creating, redefining victory and creating a vision of what that is that you're uh, embodying, that you're co-creating with your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really bringing your beingness into that moment right now as if now rather right. than future and so we really uh through our more than a feeling practice one of the mind shifts of lifter leadership mm-hmm. how do we get into the more than a feeling of this how right. do we feel what it feels like to have uh, achieved that thing that was quote out there what mm-hmm. does it smell like Mm-hmm. To be in that experience, what does it feel like? What do you see around you? Oh, we see our customers are you know really excited about interacting with this new you know product or service or experience right. um, 
you know, what, what are people saying? What are you hearing? Right. And in some ways it's very different because in, in the metaphysical manifestation of prosperity, whether it be in business or in your personal life, it's really about being in the now. Um, and I, and I almost am hesitant to say the now as if, because even the as if, shouldn't be there. It's now. It's it's here. It's now. And this is what it feels like. And that's is, is, is working off of the eternal now. Exactly. Right. And then that feeling of it, hey, it's here. It's now. It's right. just visible. Then, you know, emanates out and just, you know, reverbs out into the universe. And, you know, one of my teachers said pretty much what does the universe do? It multiplies. It mm. multiplies our thoughts, our words. Mm and our feelings and our actions. Right. And so um, I think that's what's different about that linear strategic process that we take lead clients to uh, and then this other one. And what we're finding is many of our clients, actually to my surprise, Brandon, mm -hmm. I get a little nervous sometimes about getting my clients to be too woo-woo out there. Oh, let's you know come up our, with our plan and what's our positioning and you know what's our competitive advantage going to be, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll say, oh, let's kind of play around with this and, you know, see what does it feel like? And then we'll have someone going, Parash, it's like a vision board. You know, I vision board right. three it's years ago and that thing manifested. And, <laughs> and you're finding that your clients are actually giving you permission to be way more woo-woo right. than, you know, we ourselves would. would well, that's you know, what I'm saying. I, I, think that, I think that we're at a beautiful intersection, right? We are at a beautiful intersection of, um, of science, of, of your, your lifting practice, of, of you. I mean, I think you'd mentioned before, like, you know, uh, you and I were talking and you'd mentioned it took you years to bring up love to your clients or, or in the conversation. Three years, three years. But right. I, I knew, look, it's about love. That's sure. what all of the great you know, uh, truth teachers of every faith, of every religion, of every, you know, any poet, anyone who's had any clue. Um, and yet that word was in my own um, uh, censored left brain mind, uh, not sure. permitted or permissible, permissible in uh, a boardroom. And uh, no, they're going to show you the door. If you bring up love, we should be, we should be leading with love fresh. And they should be like, we're going to be leading you to the door fresh. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now it's actually um, very welcome because people understand love. You know, what are some derivatives of love, compassion, com mm -hmm. and empathy, which are core conversations in every boardroom. Um, creativity, you know, comes from love. You know, you mm -hmm. can't be creative if you're in a down state. No. Um, uh, caring, cooperation is all about love. And so um, love has its place finally in, in, in <laughs> Well, I, and I love it. I love it. And, you know, when we started this conversation, as you were, you know, gathering yourself and getting over to the uh, PC, you know, we talked about you, you know, waking up and going to the beach in the morning. And I heard another uh, one of your podcasts, you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, one of the things, let's, let's talk about what we're doing away with as a lifter. And then let me follow up with a couple of things. So uh, what are some of the first things that you're doing as a lifter when you bring it in there, you do away with which aspects? What do we do away with? Okay. Um, and I'll throw that the hunting right like that the, into that that area exactly. so yeah. we're doing away with um so many of the shifts are we're doing away with the command and control mm -hmm. way of leading to a cooperative co-creative way of leading mm -hmm. we're doing away with scarcity it's like you know it's about competition and i gotta mm -hmm. go you know take it from the competition and get my share of wallet um, because there's not enough to go around 
we're moving from scarcity to abundance. And, you know, there's plenty for everyone. And we're finding more and more organizations are teaming up with people that heretofore they would have deemed competitors or the enemy. Um, we're, we're doing away with, you know, focus on transactional interactions either with employees or with customers to go, Hey, you know, let's see what we can get out of that customer. Even if we have, you know, fine print talking at, at a million miles an hour at the end of the conversation to make sure you cover your legal butt. Um, like getting out of that transactional aspect into mm. service and, mm. you know, really, you know, inspiring and serving uh, our folks. So those, so those are the, some of the things we're going, giving, uh, giving up is transactional power driven, dominating type of ways of managing, um, uh, and showing up in our workplace. Um, uh, and some of the other things that come associated with that are behaviors like, um, uh, negative speaking, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, being mindful of the words that we use mm-hmm. and giving up words that, um, you know, could, uh, you know, either lower the, the, the possibilities, make someone, uh, feel, uh, uh not included, um, uh, you know, bring a negative aspect to something that actually has some opportunity in it. So these are some things that we're giving up. Uh, and it's okay because there's plenty of good stuff um, that fills in. Well, I, and I love it. I love that, you know, you're going from like, and again, that's, you know, that's what this, this podcast is about first and foremost is getting out of that scarcity mindset, realizing that uh, not there's more than enough to go around, right? Uh, we've got a whole universe of stuff and, you know, this is, there's plenty, right? Um that that uh, you're going from you know this power driven this hunting aspect and when I go out there and somebody's like says hey I want you to be a hunter I'm like well I don't want to a and, and I've said this before and I think I, I didn't get some jobs because of it right like I'm like <laughs> but you know because hey, how, about, of what, how about eat what you kill have you heard that right? expression I have I have heard that too yeah but I I mean I don't want to you know th- there's no joy in that like I want to go out and have a good relationship I want to be and it took me a while to get to be of service too and I think that you do some work with people to get them from I mean because we've been trained to be this way like I mean it's almost like a militant um, sales force out there um, and and if we can translate, you know, uh, redirect this this energy into uh, a service energy, right? Like, what's that look like it's to you? It's so easily transmutable. Mm. That's, that's the beauty of it. Um, I mean, easy. Let's say in organizations, it's not that easy at the individual level. Mm. Um, there's actually just you know not m- many steps you need to take or many practices that you need to, you know, start putting into your, your uh, way of, of seeing things that can, can make that transmutation. Cause it's all energy, right? That's mm-hmm. quantum physics is joining the game. Neuroscience is joining the game. I love it. Right. I mean, again, it's so awesome right now. <laughs> it, it, it's so great. It's all coming together. Um, so, um, With these things coming together, things like, um, you know, how you show up at work, for instance, I think one of the things that makes it easier to alchemize this energy or transmute it is if we stop making wrong the way that we have been and the way that we are moving out of, because that actually creates its own set of defensive routines, Mm. um, uh, defensiveness, um, uh, fear of change uh, and uh, things like that, which actually slow that evolution down. And so what I, you know, 
when we give our keynote talks or we, we are you know, doing our training, you know, people are like, oh, my God, you know what? How could we possibly have been that way? And, you know, it's so-and-so's fault, you know, filling right. the blank some class sure. of people. Um, and that's not helpful, and it's not very lifter-like uh, anyway. Uh, it's simply the next evolution for us as a planet, whether it was appropriate or not. Um, and many of the behaviors obviously are inappropriate and, and you know, sh- should be dealt with uh, in their own way. Um, let's not kind of shame um, a, the way that the world has been because um, it doesn't help. Let's just move on and right. let's, let's help bring people forward into um, you know this new way of being as a planet because the whole planet is going through this. It's basically a chiropractic adjustment and it's so, uh, pain involved here. And let's have compassion for right. ourselves, especially not just others for ourselves uh, because we've been trained uh, this way. When I was in business school, you know, Michael Porter, who I mentioned, I mean, he's, he's, he's amazing and he's evolved in his own thinking over time. You know, he coined competitive advantage, the five mm. forces of business, <laughs> right? Supplier power, customer right. power, industry right. rivalry, right. Uh, you know, these are all, you know, very militaristic, mm. power-oriented um, concepts, and they have their place um, right. in our revolution. So, True. you know, now it's a matter of just this shift. It's kind of like, okay, uh, the Internet's here now. Right. Why don't we Why don't we just use it rather than, oh, you know, we could have done it this other way before. It's like, let's just use what's available now. I, I like I like the like you know what you're saying though. It's like um you know we look at all the ways that we used to be or the ways that we've been, and we chastise ourselves for it. And that's not right. That's I mean that's there's no there's no good in that. But what we can do instead is is say hey all th- all this was necessary to be where I am today, uh, for me to be able to give the best of who I am today. I mean right. I mean, and then recognize. I, I think that one thing. Uh, is that once you realize that this is where you're at, now it's a choice. Exactly. That's in fact that the word choice is a great, great place to stop for a moment here because, you know, people ask me, Paresh, like with all this horrible stuff that's going on in the world and all this anger and, you know, political um, unrest, not just in the United States, but all over the place and um, different political um, leaders um, or so-called leaders, you know, coming into pra- um, um, office, you know, how can things be getting better? And to some extent, I think um, what's happening in the world uh, is that all of this, this upheaval, which it's clearly it's upheaval and there's, there's a lot of um, uh, injustice happening as well is forcing many people to make choices now when before we may have been complacent and just sort of like in our own little world with our own, you know, petty concerns. Uh, and now we're really being forced as individuals to make choices about how we wish to show up in the world. Uh, and I don't know without all of this, you know, strife and tension and drama, whether, you know, people and especially companies would be forced to you know, take uh, what what we would call a brand stand. It's like, what do I stand for? Mm, what do I, yeah, not I love stand that. For? Yeah. Because before we could kind of like hide in the middle, as sure. as companies, as individuals, and most importantly, within our own mind. 
right? Mm. We talked about chastising. Even if we put aside chastising other people for their behaviors, etc., um, and, and let's put that in its own place, um, uh, our own chastising of ourselves is what causes a lot of our own suffering and inhibits our ability to evolve, um, uh, you know, to higher levels of consciousness as individuals. Hmm. And, and so it's really about ourselves first and foremost. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, when 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 we can take the judgment away from ourselves, right? We got to start with ourselves. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to judge what I just did there. I'm just going to make the next move, right? Um, and and then kind of eliminating labels, right, on on what it is that we just did, and uh, you know, good or bad type thing. And I, you know, I always go back to the the Shakespeare, you know, nothing's good or bad except your thinking makes it so, right? Exactly. So, and and when, but it's it's funny because you'll catch yourself saying that, and I think that this is like the cognitive uh, leap, right? Uh, and you talk, I'm curious. I'm curious about you because you did bring it up on, on one of your podcasts uh, that you did. You know, going through the transition, right? Uh, you called it. Um, uh, what did you call it? I refuse to call it that, though. Uh, you called it um, midlife crisis. I just simply like to call it awakening, um, because <laughs> because because here's why, though. Here's why because I think that there's an alternative. Like there are two ways Behind to in a crazy fun house that was sometimes a uh, it's, 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 a it's intense house of horrors a it's, house of mirrors. Hundred percent, so great though, right? I mean, um, but the the thing for me that was amazing was you know I was sober, hundred percent sober. Right, no drinks, no drugs, and nothing. And my body was in this state for like a week or two. And I was like, I looked at my wife. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's going to get better before it gets worse. And she was like, What the hell is going on? I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. Right, myself. Right, but but in in saying all that, see, I think that you have the opportunity to. And and I think that you had the advantage of your cultural background to recognize kind of what was happening, whereas you know most Westerners are going to freak out and 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 they got to go get on all the antidepressants. They got to suppress all this because they they don't know what to think about it. So talk walk me through a little bit of that. And I'm not sure if you've done that before somewhere else, but like I'm just curious because you know it's not. I don't think it's a midlife crisis. I think it's you know. I'll call it awakening to your power or all the, all these other things, right? So, you know, sometimes you've got to get clobbered to get to the next level. Mm. Sometimes you've got to get clobbered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you said, you know, maybe it's my background that, um, you know, facilitated this in, in somewhat of an easier way. I would argue quite the opposite. Would so you know? Like, I'm curious. Yeah. Moment, give me a moment, counselor. Yeah. Give <laughs> okay. it. Yeah. Um, so I came here to America when I was um, 18 months old from mm-hmm. India. Uh, I was born in um, Gujarat in Ahmedabad, um, where um, Gandhi actually had his ashram. And um, so I moved to Washington, D.C. And um, just in the ghetto, ghetto, right? Like in the ghetto, uh, in the ghetto, right? Like. That's a separate story. Yeah, <laughs> a separate story. We thought my dad thought he was go- got an, uh, a residency because um, he did his medical uh, school in India, and he right. thought he got his residency, and he was coming to America with my mom to go to this great school. Howard is the best in the world. Howard. Yeah. Yeah. And to his much surprise, yes. landing at Friedman's Hospital at Howard University wow. in the middle of racial riots. Right. Coming what, to America. What? What? I mean, oh, what this is not what we expected. <laughs> what? Uh, that's, that's a whole, whole separate story. But anyway, we grew yes. up in D.C. Uh, so I, um, 
Uh, you know, and, and as a kid who wants to fit in, mm-hmm. um, I really kind of, you know, saw myself as American. I'm in Washington, D.C., in the United States of America, the greatest country on earth. And just to put an extra accentuation from God on the Americanness of me, guess when my birthday is? Well, I already know, so I'll let you go ahead and do it. Right, go ahead. The 4th of July. Yes. I mean, it's the greatest day. I love it, right? Sure. For sure. I didn't even expect this to come up today, but this is my shirt from uh, Hamilton. Nice. Like my country, young, scrappy, and hungry. For sure. So anyway, so I actually, in my um, growing up as a kid, and, and, you know, like the only Indian kid, Mm. Um, cause this is long before we had, you know, swarms of it Indians. All over the place. <laughs> I was the only Indian kid. Right. And, um, so I wanted to be like all my friends. I'm sure. American. Right. And so I saw with those eyes mm. and I actually rejected mm. a lot of my Indianness. I, mm-hmm. and so the spiritual traditions of my mom and dad, I thought we're like, ah, oh, that's just for people who aren't educated or as smart as me. And it's, you know, I'm, and so I had a bit of a chip of on my shoulder about intelligence and that linear thinking. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what? You don't need all that spiritual stuff if you've got this. Right. Uh, and I was well rewarded for that growing up. And, you know, we respond to our rewards and punishments and stuff. And so, um, uh, so I was really, um, I consider myself, like I, I'll take my friends down. And say, dude, I'm more American than you. I grew up in right. DC, and so it was only until later mm-hmm. that um, the reconnection with the wisdom of the East and my overcoming my own uh, internal uh, judgments of it uh, or or labeling of it um, only until only then did um, uh, did it sort of accelerate you know, um, in a really fun way. Right. But before then, you know, my friends used to make fun of me because, you know, they'd like, you know, point to a goddess and I'd be like, uh, is that Saraswati or is that Lakshmi? And they'd be like, dude, <laughs> you know, it's Ganesh. Or, you know, so, so when I say that, when I, when I say that, um, it helped facilitate it again, like, you know, so United States, like, uh, uh, and Alan Watts says, uh, are you familiar with Alan Watts? You no. gotta, oh my gosh, man! Come on, man! You got it. You got it. I mean, first of all, like so, Alan Watts, Alan Watts brought Zen to like uh, brought a lot of Zen culture to San Francisco. Uh, you know, uh, in the Beatniks era to the sixties, oh. and uh, he talks a lot about like all the religions, and he talks a lot about um, when he talks about India. Uh, he talks about India and the United States in, in a sense of, you know, when you get to this state, you know, the awakening or feeling like, you know, um, or the midlife crisis era, you can, you know, in the United States, there's a lot of people like, I'm Jesus Christ. And everybody's like, oh, get the hell out of here. You're a mess. Well, and they, you know, put you on the pills, right? And you lock you down. Whereas, like, you know, you go into India, and this is his saying, you know, if you go to India, you're like, I found God. I'm part of God. And, you know, the Godhead, you're like, oh, welcome. Yeah, yeah, there, there is, there is that. Um, that's one of the things I realized in my intense sort of diving into this space, mm-hmm. um, which was it's, it's just been so fun. It's sure, kind of like Jacques Cousteau, you know. He, he, to me, it's people are like, dude, why do you get so excited about this? And you know, it's infinite. Like, I mean, it's amazing, right? So, I mean, how it's it's the intersection of all these worlds, and so you know, Elon Musk and Richard yeah. Branson. And, and you know Jeff Bezos, like I love these guys. Are they're 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 
you know, really forging forward and pioneering, you know, that outer space. Like, let's go out to those frontiers. And right. I love that. Like, I love Star Trek and all that. Um, and then Jacques Cousteau opened up the frontier of the ocean. Like, within our lifetime, more or less, scuba was invented and opened this whole new world of the ocean uh, for study, for fascination, for wonder, um, for fun. And um, to me, consciousness is like my playing field. It's like Jacques Cousteau, you've got ocean. Elon Musk, Richard Branson, you've got space. <laughs> consciousness is like, wow, it's like the ultimate exploration and fascination. And there's a science and a fun. And, uh, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the more the, the, there's a whole lot more science coming out, which uh, you know it uh, accelerates the the um, our ability to translate it for somebody else that we're having a conversation with. Like, oh, but no, really, the science is here. I don't just <laughs> feel this way. I'm not the only one. I think the internet has opened up that a lot too. Being yeah. able to say, look, I'm not the only one. We've got the safety of the single pane of glass where we can have this conversation and be like, you know. Sure, maybe I'm a little terrified to have the conversation, but if I don't have it, I'm going to explode, right? Exactly. I'm going to, you know, if I don't have this conversation, I'm going to lose it. So, um, and that was me. That was quite literally me. I, I remember going through this and reaching out to uh, three very close personal friends and just being like, I'm going through this thing. I don't know. And they're like, it's okay. I'm like, something's going on. <laughs> I'm like, really? It's okay? All right. So, and that made it easier, right? Being able to have, so, so again, so when you went through this, did you have somebody or people that you could kind of have the conversation with that, that helped it be a little less bumpy for you? Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. What did that look like? Uh, well, my wife. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Always been faithful. Um, always been very connected. Mm -hmm. um, uh, very much attuned to her intuitive mm -hmm. side. And, um, you know, uh, humble, uh, humble in knowing, you know, where the power really is. Uh, so she, uh, her? number one spotter, <laughs> number one spotter, right on. number That's one great. spotter. Yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of, uh, funny. It's, um, not funny. It's, it's, um, it's a compliment to her is, you know, once I got into this stuff and I, and I just kind of like dove straight in and, and I had the luxury of being able to just go to, I went to workshops all over the world and nice. you know, gurus and teachers and, you know, going back to my Catholic school education. It's like, give me all that stuff on Jesus again. And Hey, let's go to, yeah, <laughs> let's go hang out with Thich Nhat Hanh and the Dalai yeah, Lama. I saw that. I'm jealous. Definitely jealous of that, man. I'm not it was gonna so lie. weird. That the universe just kept like allowing me to do these amazing, meet these amazing leaders that are from For sure. all face. And so, um, and I got really into this stuff and right. I remember, um, I remember I was in the garage once with, with my wife. Uh, we were living in France at the time. And, um, you know, I'm so into this stuff. It's like, wow, there's this thing, the law of attraction. And actually, if you practice it, it really works. And, right. you know, attention. And I said, you know, honey, um, I just have to tell you that, um, like, if you weren't into this stuff, mm. Which I'm so into. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm into it as much as rock and roll, which right, right. I'm really into. Right. Um, I said, I'm not sure I could stay with you for more mm. than like two or three years. I just, cause it's like, it's so everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm really grateful, uh, especially because you've waited 30 years for me. And she's like, I knew you'd get it. <laughs> 
really. Well, you know what? I think I think I'm a, a little you know a little reverse on that end. Is like I'm into it, right? I kind of grew up this way a little bit. Like my mom was an Indian, I didn't have the Indian culture, but I had the kind of like Eastern understanding, right? Uh, of of wait, my mom was a hippie in the '70s, right? So you know, it's, so um, and 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 like her, like you and your family, like I pushed it all off, right? Like I was like, ah, whatever, dude, right. Right, you know? your own path. Okay. Right. Well, you get absolutely, hundred percent, and that's the thing that that I'm finding, like you know, uh, with my wife, and like you know, she's accepting me for going through this and being who and what I am, which is amazing. Because I told her, I was like, you know, again, and I was like, I don't know if it's going to get worse before it gets better. She's like, I'm right. <laughs> she, she goes, I'm right or die. I was like, great. Um, but you know, she's got to go on her own journey, right? Like I can't, and and I love it. I love seeing you know, kind of what her journey is, and being a part of her journey, and and us just you know, kind of doing our interweaving, intersecting. Anyways, so you know, that was that was just I was just curious about that because you don't hear too many people being open about it and sharing it, and and sharing it at a high level, right? Like sharing it and and going into the places that you're going into, and you know, one of the things that stands out is you're bringing this into. Um, you know, these companies, how is it helping them? Is it helping these companies? Oh yeah. Yeah. How so? okay, yeah, yeah. Bit, we, we don't talk as woo woo. Mm-hmm, sure. Here. But um, you do do vision. Like, I mean, you, you do have people ju- jumping out and saying vision board. You do, uh, you do talk the to them. At, wizard board. Uh, uh, yeah. Vision boards, intention, intentionality. Right. Right. And know, feeling as if, right. And feeling as if, and you know, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. That we teach for sure. Yeah, yeah. One of the most powerful practices. Right. I mean, what is? I mean, so what's the reception been like, and how much is it helping them? Right. The reception um, has. So we started this lifters um, methodology, mm-hmm. uh, which is really around how do we bring these principles? Yeah, it's conscious leadership practices. How do we bring them? Uh, into business to solve the big problems that we have as a world. Um, and I see, you know, our mission is to affect business so that they can then affect the planet and all the people that they touch as customers. To me, it's the biggest leverage is to, uh, you know, get this, the, this, um, message, these teachings, um, this methodology, the system, whatever you want to call it into right. businesses. Cause it's the biggest lever for my Archimedes to lift the planet to uh, a place of, you know, greater pos- uh, harmony, possibility and positivity. Right. And so, uh, about three or four years ago, we started this and, um, there was receptivity at the uh, employee level, like when I gave keynotes for my TEDx talk, people were like, yeah, yeah, I'm a lifter. Finally, someone understands us millennials. We want purpose, <sighs> you know, and, and all yes. these things. Uh, yet the businesses about three, four years ago, um, uh, there were fewer businesses who were willing to, um, you know, kind of take the leap. Uh, or or invest in it uh, at the level that they're now doing because they realize because the world's moved so fast in just a few years. Uh, so now what we are finding is that um, more and more companies, many 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 companies, are realizing that they must treat their people as whole people mm. because they're seeing the costs around productivity, engagement, absenteeism, presenteeism, workplace conflict, lack of innovation, um, lack of customer trust, et cetera. And there's, there, there's this huge pressure on companies. Um, so now what they're seeing is that the tangible benefits of 
lifter leadership, e.g. conscious leadership, that's about positivity, purpose, authenticity, helping people find that creative aspect of who they are and express it, compassion, that these aren't separate nice-to-haves that you check off. They're actually the lever, mm. the lever to be more innovative, have your workers be more engaged, build more trust and loyalty, have greater workplace well-being and harmony, uh, and be socially responsible. And they're getting pressure from the outside. So now they're waking up like, uh, you know, uh, just in no time because they're seeing the benefits of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's been a lot of research around, you know, these various aspects of um, conscious leadership, positivity, uh, empathy in the workplace, inclusion, uh, and, you know, its effect on, you know, innovation, top line, bottom line, uh, and things like that. So that is now speaking to the linear mind. So mm -hmm. while the heart intuitive aspect within an executive that would have the, the decision-making power to bring this to their frontline workers or to their C-suite, while their heart would have spoken to them around that, and while they're, um, you know, they may be, you know, people of some sort of faith that really believes, you know, teaching their kids to be good, to, you know, pay it forward. It's about service, about making a difference. Yet there was that other linear side that wasn't satisfied. And I get that because I was there. Right, right. Uh, I don't know. It's nice out here, but, it, you know, it's all about the bottom line and you got to right. work hard or you don't get anywhere. And it's about competition. Now what we're finding is there's enough empirical data hmm. around the benefits of things like lifter leadership or conscious leadership. Uh, there's been publications. There's a Harvard Business Review article that makes the case that conscious led companies that employ practices, you know, like lifter leadership or some of the other practices out there perform 10.5 times better than their peers. Now, 10.5 times, not percent. Right. So that's wake up. Holy cow. Right, right. Um, and so now the benefits are speaking to the left brain, to that linear side. And so we're able to now, again, bring those pieces together. Uh, and a lot, and now people are like racing to be the pioneers. Sure. Uh, yeah. There tends to be a lemming mentality around this as well. Mindfulness is really, you know, being proven to drive productivity, innovation, less workplace conflict, engagement, things like that. So um, just like you and I are finding the world's came together, right. uh, businesses are finding it's coming together. And they're actually seeing that, you know, uh, things like worker uh, engagement, being able to attract talent and motivate talent to be creative and be, you know, uh, very customer centric and find solutions in real time. Uh, those things only work when you offer things like lifter leadership, where you provide, you know, this talent a purpose that they believe in that's bigger than the bottom line. Because otherwise, sure. I, don't well, I, I, I think I think I think you're hitting on a big thing there too, right? When you when you uh, you, know, you bring in the talent, you bring in these humans and you've got them all in there. <laughs> you bring these things in. Um, but to get them to see the bigger picture or maybe, you know, uh, where I'm at right now, Michaela Williams. And one of the things they do with you there is they, they do this career visioning with you. Right. And I loved yeah, it. I and so it's like, so exactly. let's talk about like this, this career visioning and let's, what do you want out of your life and how can I, as a leader, help you to get what you want out of your life? And how does that plug into, you know, kind of what I'm doing, right? Like, obviously, it's got to plug into the company or somewhere. Or like you talk about, like, how can, how can you take someone who, you know, has a, a love of guitars and, you know, surfing and, and is also, you know, mathematically inclined and bring that into the work that they do? 
right? How can you fun to be able to bring your stuff together in a unique way? And, and I'm, I'm a case study of that. I'm I'm a freakish case study of that to myself and my non-believing self from, you know, maybe a decade or or more ago. Right. Um, And it's really about breaking down those, those walls. You know, we talk about lifters really tapping into their yes and right. uh, gifts and qualities and skills and seeing the yes ands in others. Because if you can bring your different aspects of who you are to a job, um, that's a unique contribution that no one else can make. If you're a barista and a poet, um, you know, somehow bring it. Yeah, bring the poetry night. I mean, come on, right? So, so I, I think I think the other thing, you, you, what you're helping these companies do, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. You're giving these, uh, you're giving uh, them the ability to bring people in and nurture these other to self-expression, full realization within a company towards the greater good. And when you're doing that with another company, uh, those people are engaged. They're so engaged. They love it because there's now there's something that hang their their energy on because mm. you know we we you see a lot of you know we do a lot of workshops for clients around innovation team building things like that um depending on the culture of the company having like a point solution to things like inclusion or diversity or innovation without addressing that un, the underlying foundation of what's going on with these individuals um can often have fleeting results because mm. You know, how creative is someone going to be, even if you have like a super whiz-bang innovation workshop where you generate all these great ideas and people feel, you know, they're really listened to and all kinds of great sparks are flying and you come out with all these great ideas. If they go back to work and they are, you know, treated in a non-inclusive way, um, if someone's leading them in some sort of militaristic old Right. You know, in the box model, um, they're not heard, then mm. it's just going to fall flat. And so what our clients are finding is that this is a systematic way to address any of these problems or all of them, depending on what their priorities are. Um, and when talent, people get so excited, simply the word lifters right. changes people's lives because I've had so many people, I can't tell you, Brendan, so many, I get emails out of the blue, and they often come on like crappy days yeah. where you know you wake up and go, "What am I doing? Am I really like you know?" You have those days. We yeah, there's, no, there's no surfing today. I got to stay in bed. Oh, exactly. It's, you know, <laughs> it's crappy. It's crappy. And, then, and I'll get um, I get emails from people all over the world, and they're like, um, "You know, Mr. Shaw, I heard your talk, and I want you to know you saved my life." I love that. I'm like, yes. How great is that? How great is that? I we I believe that the lifters message, which is not mine, I'm just a vessel for it. Our team helps us deliver it and makes well, me. Well, I got, I got. I'm gonna interject right there. I love it, right? Because there's uh, uh, who's the guy? Um, I can't remember his name. Look, there's no new messages. There's just new messengers, right? So I mean. You're speaking your truth to anybody who will listen, and there's only going to be a select few that are actually going to hear it. More and more people are hearing it, and and exactly, and it, it's the same old truth. It's the same old, same ageless truth, mm. and now we're able to speak to that truth in ways that resonate with that logical, you know, um, business financial mind that wants to grow, wants to make money, wants to innovate, wants to retain workers uh, and bring that. And so you can see it's almost like, uh, like some sort of like mega galactic, 
you know, power station where you've got all this energy around, you know, the excitement of business. And, you know, I love competing. I love winning. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> sure. Know, yes, sir. There are ways to take that energy, that hunter energy, right. um, you know, that killer energy and, right. you know, actually redeploy it in a way that still is very satisfying to people who want to win without right. having to beat other people down. So, right. There's all that great energy of the sport of business and the thrill of business and how business can affect the planet in, you know, monstrous ways for the better if they, you know, align and attune to it. And then we've got all of this um, kind of spiritual, you know, faithful, metaphysical energy, which has its own infinite attitude to it. When you bring these two together in someone's mind, I I know when I give keynotes, like it's a thrill. I'm I'm surprised people pay me uh, because <laughs> I'm watching people's heads explode. Yeah, and sure. I'm watching popcorn pop when people it. go, "Oh my god, I'm a lifter." Sure. Or holy cow, that's what I've been feeling all along, and now there's right. a legitimate place for what I believed in, what I've been taught by my parents, what I've been taught by you know good people. Sure. There's place for that in my work setting, and for me, I it's just like watching fireworks go off, which. As you know, as someone who's born on the 4th of July, is my favorite sport. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love how you did that. So the, um, I think you mentioned it in, in one of the other ones is, is um, you know, bringing yourself into the job and, and being able to be who you are. And, and I translated it in my mind uh, to, and I've been saying this for a couple of years, uh, bringing life to work, right? breathing life into work like and i and i likened it to like you know you know god breathing life into the room of adam i'm like oh my god you know what all he was really doing was like taking his work and breathing life into it right like in creating this moment my work can totally suck and i can look at it that way and be like i can today all i did was click on the keyboard or today what i did was i touched hundreds of lives when i was working at cisco and i had that mentality for a little bit i'd be like oh all today i'm doing is clicking on the keyboard pressing buttons nanu nanu and i was like <laughs> and then i was like and then i was like oh no you know what i'm really doing is like i'm powering the internet today that's right everybody like it does like all the bits and pieces that are flying across the network of the world today I, I I participated in that, right? So I can go. I can go. I can go from nano nano click 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 to to being this all powerful being of of, of right. bringing this to the world today. Absolutely. And this is this is what the word conscious means to me. Your conscious choice of who and how you show up in the world as today. It's not uh, when people talk about like conscious, like, you know, way of being, they're like, Oh yeah, you're just some hippie flipped out dude. No, (laughs) you are making purposeful, intentional decisions. Exactly. And empowering yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And in fact, you know, the, um, you know, we've explored what the subtitle of our book is, uh, which my uh, business partner slash wife, Eliza, and I are writing. <laughs> and we played around with it. And one of the things that uh, she actually proposed early on, um, which I really see the power of it, uh, is the, the current sort of sub, uh, subheading of the book, Lifters, is everyday evolved leaders who uplift their coworkers their customers, their community, and their company, dot, 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 on purpose. For sure. That on purpose aspect of being a lifter. And there are people who are lifters who are like, you know, who will, you know, be positive and, and, you know, uh, 
you know, be a little spark in someone's life. A lifter is someone who on purpose, consciously, maybe not 100% of the time because we are humans and we live in this 3D world sometimes, hmm. um, on purpose and consciously go, okay, how can I show up uh, in this meeting, in this conflict? How can I show up for this other coworker? How can I show up for this irate, irate customer who clearly has been screwed in some way out of what their dream was, um, whether it's a vacation that didn't come through or whatever? And how can I you know, really show up for that person choicefully in a way that's uplifting for them. And there are practices and mind shifts that we teach that can very easily and simply alchemize the old algorithms of right. how to respond to people yeah. into the new lifter, lifter way of doing things. And it's really, I love what you say. It's about, you know, breathing life into your work. One right. of the workshops that my wife uh, is uh, at coin and, and she, she's fantastic at is uh, called, Love your job, like it or not. Well, yeah, that's the thing that you again. This boils back down to it's your choice, right? Exactly. How do you want to see it? You can see it. You can see it as crappy, and then it's crappy. <laughs> exactly, it's crappy. You got a crappy job. You know why? Because you told everybody it's crappy. Because that's how you see it. And if you right? see yourself as undeserving of that, if you see right. yourself as the victim who always ends up with crappy jobs, right? You're um, gonna keep getting them. <laughs> It's going to serve up, multiply for you. Well, that's, I mean, listen, the, we go to the whole law of attraction thing. And I love, I love the idea of the Taurus field, right? Like, I mean, you, oh, yeah, the, the small amount that comes out is big and goes and it comes back again. So, you know, look, I mean, all kinds of awesome stuff. Um, I could probably talk to you for like a week on end, but I don't want to keep you for too long. I do want to, I want to jump on one of the things I heard you share that I really enjoyed. Um, the four C's. You want to throw those out there for everybody for me? Sure, you bet. So our uh, we have four mind shifts to be a lifter, uh, which are serve up. So it's about service, not hunting. Uh, it's about listen up. How do we really be listeners and how do we go deep within ourselves and tune into our intuitive self and our body awareness so that we can express ourselves and be understood and understand each other's, especially customers. The third one is show up with our mm. yes and qualities. How do we show up with all of who we are? Yeah. You know, a, a business lover I am, a leadership lover I am, a dad, a musician, uh, a, um, you know, a learning, uh, a beginning surfer. Um, and then uh, the fourth one is act up. How do we actually take action so that mm -hmm. we can, you know, make a difference in our world, in our workplace, for our company, for our community? So uh, we have various practices that help us embody these these uh, new ways of being um, that are more aligned with what you know we need today in this world to be successful as entrepreneurs, you know, small businesses or, or um, larger companies. So uh, one of them we call being positive on purpose. And, you know, people are like, well, is it just about being having a howdy doody face all day for us? It's like, well, no, it, it's not necessarily that. And a very simple practice that and again, this isn't ours. This is all, you know, uh, all truth is, is out there. It's just about how do we you know, convey it? Uh, a very simple practice that will make your life better today at work, at home, at school, whatever you're doing is if you very deliberately watched yourself and avoided the following four C's, which are to compare, mm. compete, complain, 
or criticize yourself mm. or others to yourself, even in your own mind or right. others. And I mean, even in your own mind's a harder one. And so we'll give you a pass on that one. But basically the four C's to avoid, if you want to be, you know, a lot of people talk about being atmosphere shifters, like lifters mm. shift the weather around them. Like you want to be around the lifter. You just feel better. And frankly, it is vibration. It's energy. It's frequencies. And it's all, it's quantum physics. Gratitude is a different frequency state than despair or loneliness or hatred or anger. And even so, saying those words, even saying those words are low vibration words. Like your whole tone, body and feel shifts when you, right. I mean, I hear and anybody listening to the audio is going to feel just how different and the down tone and feel that they're going to feel just feeling those words. It's embedded in the meaning of it. And so when we speak of gratitude and joy and peace and, and uh, you know, wonder, uh, that actually uplifts your vibration, uplifts your frequency. And as we all know from physics, no one's arguing this anymore, thank God. <laughs> we are energy fields. We're not solid matter, even mm. though it looks like it. Right, we are right. energy fields that, are, that appear due to density and due to our sensors as having solid form. Right. Our energy fields actually shift, and they shift the environment of everyone around us. Yes. And some would argue the entire planet. And so, you know, lifters lift that atmosphere around each other. And a simple way of doing that is, you know, you started off this uh, talk with, you know, what are some of the things we're going to drop or just let go as we move into this, you know, this new world that we've just mm. shifted into right, in the past right, right. year is we're going to drop the four C's. We're mm. going to not compare, complain, criticize, well, it's all over. We're not going to compare, compete, complain or criticize others or ourself to mm. others or to ourself. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, your life will shift if you employ that. Because in today's world, particularly with the news, particularly with social media, we are being baited, hooked, tempted, lured, bribed into getting into a conversation about comparing ourselves competing, making others wrong, criticizing other people, uh, etc. And that is low vibrational state beingness. And mm -hmm. we will suffer. You will suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we recommend, if you want to replace those four C's, is with the four lifter P's, which if you're going to say something, rather than compare, compete, complain, or criticize, say something that's positive, purposeful, playful, or peaceful. In other words, don't say anything at all. <laughs> um, and that will actually change your, your biology, your emotional state, your psychological state, and the state of your relationships. And watch the type of people that show up in your orbit, in your vortex, when you employ the four Ps in your world versus the four Sees. It's a whole mm. different world of yeah. people that will just show up. I meet very few um, jerks. I won't cuss on this. Con on this <laughs> I meet very few jerks anymore, which is weird. I, I remember early in my journey, I, uh, I, I came home one day and, and 
I was telling my wife, yeah, I bumped into so-and-so today and they were amazing. And, you know, we had all these similarities and we knew so-and-so and I bumped into this other person and they're exactly what, you know, we were looking for, for, right. you know, and, uh, I said, it's kind of weird how I keep bumping into all these cool people. Um, and I don't have any of these jerks, we'll call them show up in my life. Um, right. and, um, one of the things she she reminded me of, which and actually it was that day I actually got got the message. She goes, "Well, you know, you know of the law of attraction, Paresh. Well, you know, there's also the law of repulsion. Mm. Those people, they're not showing up in your orbit like your vibe. Mm-hmm. Just just like the other people show up right. through the the innate vibration that you're putting out there right. the others they run for the hills like they're yeah. they're they're somehow just not going to be directed to you sure. um, so that's it's not a coincidence i love know? it i mean and and that's uh you know it's amazing when i mean because i was just gonna say i mean you just start to expect it right you you're there, able to see like i was expecting that to happen in my day and it did and that's just it's eerie uh, what else can I do, right? What else can I? Attitude. What else can I create in my life? It's the greatest attitude. It's the greatest feeling, and those are the greatest days. And there are days where you know there's like streaks of days, or sometimes right. weeks. And I remember even a few years ago when we started experiencing what we would call the miraculous in the 3D world, mm. and it, and you're like, oh my god, I wanted it, it showed up. Right. I wanted that. That showed up. I didn't even think of that, but boy, that answers 10 of my questions at once. Um, and we start acknowledging and recognizing, um, you know, things that are quote out of the ordinary, rational, statistical, probabilistic mm-hmm. way of things showing up, uh, right. and, you know, miraculous. Uh, we might call it a demonstration. Uh, we call it a God incident sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I remember, being so excited, like about like the 10 miracles that, you know, I experience in a day where I'd be like, how cool would it be if one day it's so prevalent that when it doesn't work that way, you're like, huh, isn't that weird? Just like miracles today, we point out. uh, And I have lived those days. I've lived those days with my friends. Um, uh, I I strive to live in those days. uh, And those days are a promise, actually, from every, you know, truth, faith, out there that yes. those days whether you call it heaven nirvana the kingdom um you know kailasa um it's all the same it's a state of being a state of consciousness where it's actually a new reality that unfolds and i've it's cool how so quickly in a matter of a couple of years i have friends who are like yeah i mean when it doesn't happen i'm just like huh that's kind of weird right. and so the fact that we can shift our reality in such a fundamental way in a matter of, you know, years or a decade or so as, as beings is really miraculous in and of itself to see the world from an entirely different perspective where, you know, when the non-ordinary doesn't happen or, or when the miraculous or the you know unexpected doesn't happen and the mundane happens, you go, huh, maybe I need to like tweak how I'm seeing the world. Maybe there's something within me that needs a little, fine-tune adjustment well for sure you go back in your mind you're like did i compare yesterday did i compete yesterday did i criticize or complain what happened right how did i make this happen because you ultimately as long as you take full responsibility for your entire life 
you've got to look at what you've done. You know, what did, what did I do to create this moment? Right. Well, how did I think about it myself within my own kind of inner, you know, inner space? Do I have self doubt? Do I have some mm. sort of self hatred? Do I have some sure. denial that is saying, you know what, you're not deserving of this. Mm. One of the things that we really find with lifters is lifters, you know, people who are inherently lifters. Anyone can learn to be a lifter. A lot of people want to be lifters. They just haven't learned how, cause they've grown up in, you know, companies and organizations that have, they said, you know, this is how you succeed. You know, you work hard and you treat people like this and, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, one of the things that we've, uh, you know, really found is, um, you know, such a receptivity to, to kind of recognizing that, um, people who are inherently lifters, they tend to be givers because lifters are about service. One of the common themes is, um, lack of self-compassion. Hmm. And, and empathy for self. We do work uh, with, in the healthcare industry and uh, you know, we have amazing people like nurses who are giving so much, so much of their heart. And as we, you know, talk with them and work with them, you know, the number one thing that, you know, they need, I remember I, I had a client that was, you know, doesn't work in the nursing space and she goes, you know, let's, let's talk about what we might need, Paresh, from your organization to help us. And I, and I said, you know, let's, I'd love to, you know, hear what you're saying, um, uh, and get your perspective. I'll bet you anything that ultimately it's going to come down to compassion for self, self care. Mm. And right. she's like, oh my God. And then she went off. And, <laughs> and um, so people who are givers, who are lifters often need to kind of listen to that inner voice around deservedness, around, mm to allow mm-hmm. to accept help to you know take care of themselves because they're so busy taking care of others would you say that might be that adjustment we talk about that goes hey, how come that didn't work out well it well, might have been your inner voice saying no nah, you don't deserve that being willing to receive huge Right. I mean, and look, I, I've definitely had issues with that. And somebody had to point it out to me, right? Like, oh, I want to give, but, like, but don't you like receiving too? I'm like, yeah, but I can't run around telling everybody I like to receive because I'm like, I look greedy and I can't have all these things. It's like, but you, in order to be a full conduit, right? The full voltage has got to go through, whatever, something like that. It is. It is <laughs> it's that toroid. And I, I am, I am learning one of my practices is to learn to receive. Hmm. Uh, and the other thing I'm practices, practicing is asking for help. Mm, one of my yeah. current um, practices is asking for help because I tended to be someone who could kind of, you know, go on. Well, that's, and, a, that's the Western mentality, right? You're a cowboy, brother. You're a cowboy. Right? You're going to yippee cowboy and you're going to speak. country. I'm young, crappy, <laughs> and hungry. All right, uh, just I got uh, one more thing I'm gonna hit on, and then I'm gonna let you go because again, uh, I've listened to so many things, and and one thing that I hear you keep calling out is uh, giving some giving some um, power to the millennials in a good way. Oh, I, I want to throw this out at you and and see what your thoughts are on this. Uh, people that are talking about millennials being job hoppers or this that and the other thing, maybe they just recognize their value. Yes, and yes, yeah, and yes. Right? And. It's a whole new world. Um, And um, I really, you know, think that the, the criticism that the younger generations take millennials, X, Y, Z, um, um, most of it is misplaced. Mm. Um, uh, We, you know, first of all, every generation thinks the next generation are 
is like, ah, oh, kids today. And, and I remember you know, my dad, you know, he's like, you know, kids today, they're watching TV all day and doing their head banging to rock and roll. And, you know, we had 12 channels. We had 12 channels. <laughs> and we had to, like, get up to turn them. Uh, right. So every generation has its beef with the former generation. Mm. And that's just sort of, you know, inherent. I hope that would stop one day. I actually revere this this current generation because they're far more highly dimensional beings. Right. They're far more tuned into the woo-woo stuff right. that we're we're you know talking about. They're very much aligned um, with making a difference and having a purpose. So, you know, when people malign or, or criticize the younger generation of folks for, you know, being disengaged uh, or, you know, uh, job hoppers or lazy uh, or entitled, uh, and which, you know, factually, you know, seven out of 10 workers today are classified as disengaged um, mm. by the Society of Human Resources Management. So, I mean, that's a horrific statistic to look around you and go, wow, seven out of 10 of us, you know, se- seven out of 10 of the people here, you know, don't give a bleep. Right. And the other three of us have got to do all the work for them, which is really a lot of pressure on the ones who actually are showing up right. uh, to make a difference in their job, you know, to give all of themselves. And so while that's true, the causality is not because they're young or millennials or X, Y, Z. What we argue is we are leading these people with old, arcane, outdated, militaristic, origined management practices which are not relevant to this generation. They don't respond to it. Uh, and it's basically not working. It's like, you know, using a typewriter when, you know, you've got voice recognition today. Right. And so what we help our clients understand is that, you know, stop complaining about the millennials or comparing them to a former generation or criticizing them right. for, you know, not working extra hours. Um, Lead them as lifters, as right. lifter leaders, right. and watch what happens. Because if you give this younger generation a purpose that they can really believe in, right. you allow them to make a difference and show up in some creative way where they can self-express at right. work and don't box them in. Right. You know, these folks will walk on fire for you. For sure. Like money is not such the thing for them. They actually so that's, 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 right. Which so is, which is awesome. Right. They're so much more aligned. So it's not that they are or are not lazy, job hoppers, etc. It's what's causing that. What mm. is the root cause? As a scientist or as an engineer, you go, well, let's go to the fishbone. And what's the, the root cause? The root cause is we're leading people in a way that doesn't align with their beingness, with their right. call into life, with the way that they have been raised, and actually with the way things should be, which is about making a difference, about having compassion, about creativity, about cooperation. And when we align those things in our way of relating to our workers, whether they be frontline workers or executive suite, um, I mean, magic happens. I mean, they, 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 well, they're world-changing uh, individuals. And it's, a, it's, amazing it's, a, things. it's a much more normal state of being, and it feels good. So, uh, you know, when people feel good, I think they're going to do good work. And you talked a little bit earlier, you know, if they're under pressure, if they're competing, if they're, they're in all these states and they're not engaged, they're, you're not going to get their best work. Um, if people's minds are in survival mode, they're constricted. They're not, 
you know? So that's, look, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it there with you. And I really appreciate you popping on, taking the time. Where should I send people to go find out more about you and what it is that you're doing today? Um, you can come to IamALifter.com. I am, important words, a lifter. Dot com And uh, yeah, we've got a little spot on there. If you'd like to share your story about being a lifter or maybe a lifter who um, made a difference in your life or if you'd like to somehow get involved, uh, we have our book coming out soon and we can uh, give you a heads up on that and maybe give you some uh, excerpts before uh, uh, they, uh, it hits the bookstores. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, absolutely. If we can uh, be of service to anyone out there, um, you know, just and let me you know make one point. Now that I sometimes is is um, overlooked. You talked earlier, Brendan, about not labeling people, mm. okay? and a lot of what lifter leadership is about is about not othering people and like finding that unity consciousness, mm-hmm. using tension between people. It might be finance and marketing. It might be you know young and old. It might be this gender versus that gender. It might be you know a racial thing or whatever. Let's use the tensions and the skills of these uh, people and the, the opposing tension to actually catapult to mm-hmm. new levels of understanding, innovation, and engagement. Because th- we can do that. We actually have ways of doing that, which is really cool to use that those differences and the tension to then unify towards a greater solution that works for everyone. And in that regard, this whole labeling thing, you know, we must you know s- stop labeling uh, if we can, it's it's mm. it's kind of inherent in our the way our our fight or flight and our pattern recognition brains were developed when we needed to survive. You know, it's like lion run. <laughs> you know? um, it's not that you are or are not a lifter because that then creates another class of people. Well, we're lifters and you're not. That is definitely not the message. A lifter. It's not a matter of who you are or are not. It's how do you show up in the moment? Are you being a lifter in this moment? Because sometimes right. you might be a downer. I'm a downer sometimes, you know. Ask my Right, right, right. Sure. But it's really how do you show up? And lifters, using the words we spoke of earlier, purposefully, mm. consciously, as a practice – aim to embody these lifter principles of serving up, listening up, showing up and acting up in a way that uplifts their coworkers, their customers, their community, and therefore their company gets uplifted. It's really cool because it happens as a consequence rather than, you know, as something you do after the fact, which is, oh, our company succeeded. Therefore, let's make a difference in our community um, or let's give our, you know, um, uh, employees a bonus and make them feel good. No, it's the other way around. Right. You uplift your workers, your teams, your talent, and your customers, and make a difference in the world. Uh, customers will buy for today's customers, which are also those same XYZs we're talking about. They expect this from companies. They expect companies to employ this type of leadership, this sort of lifter, positive, um, uh, you know, compassionate. Uh, uh, leadership, uh, they expect companies to be sustainable. Otherwise, they're going to vote with their dollars. 
Well, yeah, I think they vote with their dollars, uh, and and again with with their showing up to work, right? Like, I mean, with both their dollars, they want they want a company that's giving those things, and they want to work for companies that are giving those things, right? I mean, they want to be a part of this intentional movement, um, you know. So. Again, I love it. Thanks for taking the time, guys. Get over to I am a lifter. They've uh, they've got I some. Am uh, lifter. Yep. Yeah, yep. they've got you guys have some. Um, you've got some other diagnostics you can take over there. There's yep. plenty of other podcasts that if you didn't like this one, I don't know what's wrong with you. But if you didn't like this one, you can go over uh, to uh, his site and take a listen to some of the other ones that are on there. I think they're all good. They all have a little bit of something in there um, that you're going to enjoy. So that's it. I will uh, end with how we started. Namaste. Is namaste, and it comes back to what we were speaking of before. How did you describe your understanding of namaste? I uh, salute the divinity within. Exactly. Yeah. Salute to the divinity within you. The divinity in me bows to the divinity in you, um, and that gets back to the point around some of the adjustment between you know some of the western thinking some of the eastern thinking where it's a little more permission to say you know what you are divinity mm. and i am divinity we're aspects of divinity for sure bowing to each other's divinity and it's a little more permissioned in certain parts of the world to acknowledge and speak to that um versus you know uh, uh being seen as someone who feels they're above anyone else in that regard yeah, yeah. nobody's above anybody else but there's got to be the recognition of just how great you are Everyone is great. Everyone right. is great. We are amazing creations. And so I really appreciate all you're doing uh, to you know, help people understand more, uh, share, and really, you're a lifter. So keep lifting. And if I can be of any support to you in any way or any of your listeners, just reach out. Uh, I am a lifter.com. And uh, yeah, just sign up. And uh, we're going to be starting a newsletter soon. And would uh, love to share your stories as well. All right. Thanks for listening today. And remember, reach out to us on Facebook or through our webpage. The Prosperity Practice. The Prosperity Practice. Have something to say directly? Hit us up, Brandon at prosperity-practice.com. Prosperity is a result of action. Take action. That's it. I'm out of here.